the sermon for All Saints Sunday, November 5th, 2006, the Reverend Richard Helmer tells a story about showing up for jury duty and finding there cause to reflect about the nature of the faith of saints. In the name of the saints in light, amen. Amen. A few weeks ago, early on a Monday morning, I gave, up my, I gave up my day off, and I dropped Daniel at nursery school, and I headed down to the Civic Center in San Francisco for an 8.30 summons to jury duty. Going in for the annual jury day of service is rather like going to the airport. Hurry up and wait. As a matter of fact, San Francisco's civil court jury waiting room is rather like an airport these days. It has an internet plug and an outlet for your laptop if you need it, and a lot of other fixed-to-the-floor chairs to sit in and to wait. There's just one big difference. You just don't know when or if the plane is ever going to take off. More to the point, you don't know if you're going to be on board when it does. So it's best to take something to read. It was a long morning, punctuated by the voice of one of the jury officers occasionally calling a potential juror to approach the counter, and also punctuated by the snores of the man who fell asleep a row or two back. I broke out my book, Leaving Church, by Barbara Brown Taylor, hoping that her nurturing writing might instruct me how not to have to leave the church. The man sitting next to me occasionally looked up from his New York Times to shoot me a furtive glance. Not surprising, I suppose, I was decked out in my collar. I was hoping shamelessly that if I were called to interview for a panel that my clericals would spook off either or both attorneys. (laughs) Or maybe even the judge, for that matter, and I'd get out of having to sit through a trial. There was just too much to do here at Church of Our Savior. So I gave the man back an occasional smile and swam through Taylor's eloquent, nourishing prose while trying not to think about the odds, the probability of my ending up on a jury. A banana, a yogurt, and a few hours later, with threats looming that a courtroom upstairs was about to call a group up to interview, the man turned to me, shook his head, and began to talk. He had just been reading in the New York Times book review about Richard Dawkins' newest best-selling release. Richard Dawkins, as some of you may know, is an avowed and very vocal atheist. And according to the gentleman sitting next to me, Dawkins had determined, through some formulaic and highly intellectual way, that God's existence was improbable. Now, a bit to my surprise, I was in the city after all. This sophisticated reader sitting next to me found Dawkins all hogwash. Because setting aside the philosophical and theological misunderstandings that we enter when we talk about God's existence, determining the probability about whether or not there is a God seemed bordering on the silly. I confess that I laughed. 
I told him I had never known anyone enter a Christian community and stay there simply because they had decided that odds were that there is an ultimate reality. Is that why you're here this morning? To bet the odds? Well, that morning the odds were in my favor. Bucking them again, I didn't get summoned to go up for an interview, and I was released about noon along with a group of other people, handed a little sheet of paper with my name scrawled on it to prove that I had shown up, and I walked out into the sunshine on a bright day. As I walked back to the car, reflecting on the brief conversation with the man in the jury waiting room, I realized that all the saints I know never messed with probabilities when it came to matters of faith. Instead, they rolled up their sleeves and jumped into the great sea of being that is God with abandon. They embraced the salt and earth of their community with all its rough and tumble ready to look into the eyes of death if necessary and to do so for the sake of the deep love that's in their heart and bones. And you know, I just don't hear that coming from Dawkins. Atheism, but probably a better description of his perspective would be thoroughgoing agnosticism, might be inclined to find a way to play it safe but how much of our own being is narrowed if we only rely on what we know within a reasonable degree of probability? How much are our hearts dimmed when we only live by what our fragile intellects can perceive? No, the saints in light live and love according to that old adage that says, the impossible we do every day Miracles take a little longer. But probabilities are, of course, the name of the game these days. Here we are down to the wire in one of the most vitriolic campaign seasons in recent political memory, with pundits, polls, and evening phone calls with a recorded voice of some candidate we've never heard of coming out of our ears and oozing out of our pores. And of course, with all the news recently, with evangelical pastors falling in flaming scandals and all political parties walking on eggshells and senators putting their foot in it again and presidents ducking for rhetorical cover again, with all the tensions in our communities running high this election season, it's a wonder we can keep the peace with our neighbors, let alone inside our hearts and our minds. But as I'm too fond of saying, nothing has changed much in 2,000 years, has it? Jesus was looking at the realities of crushing crowds, the mounting pressures on him from political and religious authorities, the tensions of his disciples with their confusion, with their arguing, and of course their occasional belly aching. And into that reality he declares, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek, those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart. Blessed 
blessed, blessed. It seems that Jesus blesses just about everyone who's been having a rough time and promises them sunshine and better days ahead, even when the storm clouds are gathering and things are likely to head towards a bloody end in Jerusalem. You see, our Savior didn't play by probabilities either, nor does he expect us to. Instead, we are called to follow the saints into the salt and earth, that sea that is God, to face death sometimes in disagreement often, to wade into the turbulence of community with abandon. Welcome to real community living in the spirit. Welcome to the church. Welcome to a place where the lid comes off the pressure cooker, people mess up often, and hearts show up sometimes badly broken. And then we are expected to get up, dust ourselves off, and give and receive blessings. Welcome to the communion of saints, where sins are forgiven, and a great multitude that no one can count stands around God's throne shouting praise. Happy All Saints, and leave the probabilities at the door. We are here in our own messy way to probably work improbable miracles for ourselves and others, for our world crying for salvation. We are here to push back the boundaries of reason, to leap beyond limitation, and gaze deeply into the heart of love a love that comes to us from the very center of being and flows through us and over us, washing us until we look without blinking into the light of the one who shapes our lives, the one who shapes the dance of the universe, the one who summons us forward out of darkness and death, and the one who forever remains with us, blessing us on our journey. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We strive to be a welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and a journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or through our website, OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.